Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Whitetail Theories podcast. This is our Deer Camp Tour edition, and I'm your host tonight, Jimmy McKinney. This is the first episode I've got to, to host. Torn is out on the rutcation, and we've got Jason Goenlock, and he is... Jason, if I had to describe the your Michigan mitten, how would you describe where you're at to the, the guys listening? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it's wooded, a lot of farmer fields and stuff. I mean, the colors, they're probably about what they are there in Pennsylvania for you guys. I mean, we still have a little bit of green on the on the trees. So, I mean, I, I feel like we're almost about a week, week behind with the colors of the leaf change and stuff. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I know like up north where I hunt, uh, top of the mountains are getting pretty bare. Lost a lot of the right. color. There's still some green down in the valleys, but, um, yeah, I think, I think you guys are probably pretty, pretty similar. So on the, on your, the mitten of, of Michigan, can you describe where you're located? And Michigan, a little more toward the south in Jackson County. It's about, I'm about a half hour from Lansing, which is the capital of Michigan. Awesome. Just so, south of there. Yeah, so, man. Awesome. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah I, I would say you, you're pretty similar then if you uh, jet across the country, um, southern Michigan. Mm. What, uh, when do you guys usually start getting snow out there? Uh, dude, it's Michigan. I mean, <laughs> our weather is unpredictable. Uh, I mean, I've had snow in October before, uh, but usually I know we have some in the forecast within the next two weeks. It says we're going to get some snow. So I'm hoping for it because I love hunting with snow. Yeah, man. You guys, you, you guys know, get the lake effect where you're you at. See the deer coming and. Uh, not really too much where I'm at, uh, cause I did some work out of town one time and when we were out of town, they tell us the lake effect snow, it doesn't really hit until it's about 20 miles away from the lake. Okay. Like it's kind of weird. Like it bounces over. They said, yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's actually pretty accurate and about 20 miles out, they get hit real hard where I'm at just south uh in michigan we get hammered pretty good last year i mean we had i don't know i'd say probably like 14 15 inches but it was only for maybe two three weeks and then get warm melt snow again i mean it's never ending in michigan with the weather right right that's cool so so uh when did your when did your archery season open up this year october 1st Okay. So you're about a month into the season. How, how are things going? Not too bad. Uh, so the deer activity for me just started picking up within the last week. I started noticing more scrapes and a little bit more movement all the times that I've been out. At first, it was super hot, you know, like 70s. You know, you're sweating out there. And I really didn't see too much had a lot on camera, but they weren't moving that during the day. It was all at night. But I 
was out a couple nights ago. I went out and I seen four bucks and a doe. Uh, they're all just, you know, little guys. And then the last one was like two darts. So I couldn't really tell exactly what it was. I knew it was a buck. I see, cause I could see it, but I couldn't tell exactly what it was. And he's probably about 50 yards, 60 yards out. And it was just through a section of the woods. I seen him walking and then pretty much all of them were in about the same uh, area. And then I'd see him coming to the corn. I still have standing corn on my 40 acres that I live at. So, I mean, I'd rather be beans, but it's corn this year. Yeah, I'd tell you, I mean, corn is awesome because it, it holds the deer, but they'll literally just lay down in there and until you get it yep. picked. That makes it tough. And yep. do you have any idea when the, the farmers are going to come harvest that? I have no idea because the farmer that we leased this section to, he's always really late at getting his crops in mm-hmm. and take. Oh, I know last year was beans and it was close to January when he took his beans out, which, dude, uh, you wasted more of your beans <laughs> than you, you got out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the deer didn't mind that too much, huh? Uh, oh, man, I last year was a great year i didn't i didn't fill a buck tag i seen a lot of real mature bucks and i'd say probably in the past five or six years uh i've really started noticing like way more bucks than you know when i was a kid it was you know you know i hardly ever seen them only a couple times and then as the years went on, I just see, I see a lot more bucks now. That's great. So, and and Michigan, now Michigan, uh, Jason, it, it, you guys can shoot one or two bucks a year. Uh, we, we can shoot two. There's a combo tag. And uh, so there's different areas in the state of Michigan that you have to shoot uh, certain size bucks. Like you have to have at least four points on one side. Okay. Now there's certain counties because of the CWV or whatever CWD. Yep. Certain counties, like where I'm at, I could shoot two spikes if I wanted to. I wouldn't do that, but (laughs) you know what I mean. But uh, so it all depends. Like certain areas, I mean, there's some areas where you have to shoot. uh, So if you got a combo, you have to shoot four plus with both of them. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. But is, you can also shoot a doe with one of your one of your buck tags too. Okay, so you can uh, antler tag can be used as an antler list as well. Yep, got it. And I know I know from just being in the around the industry, rubbing shoulders with different service side guys and things over the years, there's been some uh, the the EHD has been pretty bad um, in years past. How's that been more recently? And you mentioned CWD. Uh, I, I think the cases went down a little bit. I don't think they're as, as bad now. I'd have to actually look into it again, like get in the, uh, Michigan hunters digest and read up on it a little bit more. Uh, but any deer I've ever shot, I've had them tested, took them in and got them tested and none of them had it. And 
I've seen one on camera one time and I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with that ear? Like, you could just tell it was like skin and bone. Yeah. I mean, real sickly looking. Zombie deer. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a shame. It's a shame when that stuff wipes them out. And you know, we have we've got cases of CWD here in PA, and the same thing. I mean, I've never run into it personally, but the the way the game the game commission here they want to handle it. They just want to eradicate the deer herd. They just want to shoot every deer, and that's their solution. Yep. And I don't necessarily understand why they do that or agree with why they do that. You know, but then you have yeah. that the the EHD on the other hand that comes through and you get a bad summer and deer just piled up laying in the waterways, you know, dead. And then come hunting season and you, it's no wonder you don't see any deer, you know? That's like what's going out, out, what is it, South Dakota? Yeah. Is that what's going on out there right now? And they got to send their licenses back and, oh man, that'd be horrible. Yeah, I forget, I forget. I I remember there's a state that was doing that. They were actually refunding, which to me is silly. It's just, I mean, it's just part of the way things go. That's money towards conservation. Um, That guys would get in an uproar enough to get a refund. But I I guess you gotta, don't want to bite the hand that feeds either because as a hunter, Mm -hmm. we're helping to promote that conservation too. So it's, but it's becoming a real, it's becoming a real issue. And, uh, but yeah, I was just curious because, you know, you're in a state where you can shoot two bucks and, 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 and you're saying that you're seeing plenty of, you're seeing plenty of bucks though still. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, I think they're, you know, our buck, they're starting to get better. A lot of more people are getting in the APRs and, you know, when I was a kid and my dad, you know, took me hunting, it was it's brown it's down and i got a buddy one buddy of mine you know and i told him you know i was like man when i was a kid it was brown it's down he's like well how did you change i said you gotta shoot you gotta shoot one man because he only shoot you know he's only a big buck guy and you know now i'm only a big buck guy unless you know if a four point or six point walk through that's wounded i'd rather eat it than a coyote you know what i mean yeah man i think that's being so a good sportsman if it's wounded i'll take a deer out of it you know yeah yeah but there's nothing better than shooting a giant yeah no i i and that's i agree with that thing. i agree with that full, fully you know and, and torrent torrent and i have talked about this on previous podcasts you know where there's there's those cycles as a hunter and, and growth you know because we went through that bloodlust phase where it's just hey we just want to kill and pile stuff up and you know now i am a little bit more focused on a mature deer um than than worrying about you know but you know it just and it just depends on my mood though too but i'm not going to necessarily hold out for a certain number of inches either you know but um the challenge of a mature deer that that's what makes me tick you know but it was similar Uh in pennsylvania too it's brown it's down because you mentioned these regulations and that's interesting a lot of states there's a handful of states that have them a lot don't but we never had real regulations other than i think it was three inches of height for the, a spike buck to be an antler deer if it was less oh. than that it classified as a doe but now we have three on one side or even in certain counties four on a side um the big yeah, difference is you get you get one buck in pennsylvania and then you're done yeah. so but that's interesting though like you said you get two and if memory serves me correct, I mean, Michigan's up in the top, I think five 
most populated uh, hunter density states. So obviously, I mean, there's something to it. I know like Illinois, you can shoot two bucks and they have some great hunting, but in other states like oh, yeah. Iowa, um, you can't, you can, you can shoot one and, shoot one. you know, so it's, I always found it interesting, you know, how much does it hurt or not hurt? And the other, the flip side of that is how many guys actually fill two buck tags in a season? I mean, what would you say about that? I mean, I've done it oh, probably about three times in the past, I'd say, eight years. Okay. I mean, I've been hunting, oh, God, probably close to 20, 22, 24 years, somewhere right in there. And uh, probably, I'd say, the last... 10 years i really got into it hardcore like yeah wasn't like oh let's, let's go out a couple times here bow hunting and then go out for you know a few days during gun season opener which is uh november 15th it's like you see more deer dude i i'd hunt every day if i could you know right. sometimes this doesn't it doesn't work out for me but I mean, in the past 10 years of me doing it and getting a little more hardcore into it, it's it pays off, you know. You can see way more deer, and then, then the orange army comes out, you know. <laughs> right. Because, like I said, I was telling you earlier, you know, I'm, I'm more of an archery guy. There's, it's just the thrill that deer getting that much closer to you. You know, you're, you don't have to shoot 200 yards to kill yeah. it. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's right there. Yeah. No, man, I, I, I agree. And I'm, you know, I'm one, I'll put the orange on and go out and, and enjoy it too. But, you know, in, in Missouri, I was in Missouri last year. I'm getting geared up to head out there. Um, and then next oh, that's week. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And, you know, I literally had that, that thing. I shot, I shot my biggest buck to date at within 20 yards of my bow. And then I shot one of my top bucks, a 10 point, 200 yards across a, a bean field with a rifle. And it was a rush, but like the rush that I had pull my bow totally back, you, you can't. Yeah. Totally yeah. yeah. And, and while I love and appreciate all different types of hunting, there's nothing that makes me tick more than bow hunting. I mean, it just, it's just, oh, yeah it's just it's just awesome and that's that's, that's why yeah. we're here talking about it and rejoicing in it so so you've been hunting pretty much what age what age did you start hunting at so back then it was 14 was the legal age limit mm -hmm. i was a little bit younger than that with right. my dad yeah about 11 you know 10 11 he'd take me out yeah yeah i was like 11 when i got my first first deer but and it was a doe and it was running straight at me and i was like <laughs> kind of freaked out you know like oh my god and uh but yeah it, now i mean you got six-year-olds going out on youth hunts and killing deer with crossbows and guns and yep. i mean because we do a youth hunt in uh september like within the second third week of september there's a youth hunt we do mm -hmm. and i remember when they first came out with that it was I only got to do it that one year and I was too old after that. Yeah. So I, I think it we got the similarities here in PA as well because 
I, I could start going out at, at 12 years old and then it had to be, you know, with my, my grandfather and my dad, something that was a guardian close by. Yep. And, but now fast forward, they have, yeah, you can have a six year old out there shooting stuff. And, and I think that's a really cool thing, but part of me, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, in, in 10, 15 years from now, when you have these kids getting older, did, did they get spoiled at that age going out or lose interest? You know, what's, what's actually, is, was it actually beneficial to do that or not? And that's, this can be really interesting right. as, as time goes on to find that out. But at the same time, yeah. you know, my little boy is a year and a half old and in five years from now, I, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to wait to take him out and, and start to share <laughs> that with him, you know? So yeah. I guess a lot of your I'm parenting gonna, comes into that, right? Yeah. Part of me thinks that, you know, getting them out that young, getting them to like it. And if they stick with it, that's great. You know, cause like the hunters are going down a little bit, you know, yeah. in pretty much every state cause you got the newer generation. They're just not into it. Right. You know, but like, I got one of my buddies, my buddy, Ronnie, his, his kids, they're still a little bit younger, uh, but they shoot in bow leagues every year. Okay. Like, they're, they're on it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really cool that he's got him doing that. And I don't know if he's ever really took him out hunting yet or not, but I know he's religious on them shooting their bows almost every day. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, man, when I was a kid, I shot religiously. And now that I'm older, you know, as much as it's like riding a bicycle, you still got to be proficient with it and practice. And, and I, I don't, I don't do it as much as I, I, I know I need to. And I think I, that I try, I try, I tried to shoot every day. Uh, and then like this summer I did a 3d archery league. Yeah. And, uh, I won my class. That's awesome. And then I was like second overall in points. So it was pretty cool. That's great. And I was with the, as with the old serviceide deer slayer, darton maverick though. Oh, you, okay. You are shooting one of them. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean, you're from Michigan, Darton's from Michigan. That's all. Yeah. I was yep. excited when we got to do that collaboration. I'll tell you what. So, I mean, that bow is, uh, it's not, it's not really, it's actually a really, really good bow. I love it. Yeah. Cause uh, my other compound was a uh, 2006 Hoyt laser tech. Oh man. That's a huge upgrade. Then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. And then, uh, so I don't. I never really liked having a kisser button on. Mm-hmm. I'd put nose button on, and I'm talking nose buttons where it's that. Okay, that's they, the one the Bomar's been pushing, right? Yep. Okay. It it is phenomenal. I mean, I was grouping them pretty good. I'd say, let's say, thirty yards. Yeah. I was probably shooting about within two a two inch circle, grouping three arrows. I went to probably a just a little bit bigger than a quarter probably about a half dollar when i put that nose button on well no wonder you won your 3d class man that's great oh uh, i did a robin hood on one uh it was actually a 40 yard shot which was crazy 40 yard robin hood yeah but that's i awesome. started so on one of my 3d targets at home it's got like it's not like a circle for the heart it's yep. kind of got like a shape you know yep I was starting to aim 
at different points of the heart so I wouldn't mess up my arrows. That's awesome. Yeah. Aim small, miss small. It's getting too expensive. Oh, yeah. You start blowing fletchings off and everything else. It's, I mean, it's it's worth it to, like, Robin Hood something, but start blowing knocks off. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did actually stick one through one of the fletchings one time, too. I was like, and another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you've been – well, how long have you been bow hunting for, Jason? Uh, oh, I was, I was young then too, but I really didn't get hardcore into bow hunting. It was about 10 years ago. Yep. I mean, we'd go a few, you know, handful of times when I was a kid. And then when I was a teenager and stuff like that. But then uh, I, uh, about last 10 years is when I started getting pretty hardcore into it. But even as a kid, you know, we I've shot bows all the time. We used to have a pole barn where I grew up that we had a range inside of there and you could shoot 40 yards across this pole barn. Oh, that's awesome. And my dad just kept adding on, adding on, you know, and yeah. it'd be open all the way through. We'd go from one side to the other. Yeah. That's, and then back that's then, you know, we'd pull the dollar bill up and shoot George Washington's face on a dollar bill. <laughs> uh, that's you know i was pretty good back then that's awesome i'm still shooting pretty good now but yeah i haven't haven't tried the dollar bill trick lately okay no man that's that's great so so talking about the hunting and the archery stuff um over the last 10 years as a hunter what what's the biggest things that you've learned that has helped increase your success as a hunter see more deer film more tags things like that playing the wind you got you got to play the wind in scent control. Amen. Uh, that is key. Like I have a scent crusher bag. They work. Uh, always spray down. I mean, it's, it's huge. Like I usually, if I'm on my way home from work or something, I always like to take a scent shower before I go out, but I always got a little plug-in ozone generator from my scent crusher bag yeah. in my truck. Yeah. I always get that's great. That's great. So did you, back when you first started archery hunting, did you buy into the like scent block or scent lock, forget, forget the wind, just hunt all that stuff? No, I didn't. I didn't, never, never really bought into that. Okay. You know, uh, it's great products, but I mean, if you play your cards right and play the wind yep. and, you know, have some kind of scent control on or something, you know, it'll, It'll pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, do you wear any special like rubber boots or do anything like that for walking in scent uh, control? I mean, I do have some Under Armour boots. I don't. Really, I actually wear my extra tufts. Yeah, dude. I just got a pair. By, I just got a pair. Ah, uh, dude. I've had a pair for eight years. That, really? That I use pouring concrete. Okay. And. They still hold up. They're a great boot. And then I actually just bought another pair because I like ice fishing too. That's yeah. one of my other favorite things to do. And they uh, they look kind of more like a muck boot, you know, with the neoprene. Yeah. And they actually have these glacier track, like, blue sections on the bottom that okay. are for grip on ice. Yeah. That's usually what I use out hunting. And that's extra tough that makes it as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. I didn't know they made 
Uh, see, I always knew extra tough as like commercial fishermen. You know, they have like the boots hold up the against boot blood. Of Alaska. <laughs> boot of Alaska. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to I check. Actually, what I Googled uh, the first time I bought them was uh, what's the boot everybody in Alaska wears? Right. Boom. That's extra a, tough. That's a good idea. I was on the I like sportsman's guide and I was looking up stuff and um I'm I'm big into the Mossy Oak Bottomland and I saw these extra tough where you, you when you roll them down they the have bottomland. Bottom yeah. Okay. So it's like I I had to have these. So I just got them. But the thing I like about those, I'm gonna take those out to Missouri as long as it's not too cold and to wear, because I mean from the from the bottom of the shoe the whole way up, it's it's rubber. You know, like the muck yep. boots. They're rubberized, but there's all that neoprene and like, I mean, yep. they're not really truly scent proof the way you'd think, you know? So yeah, that's cool. But I don't know anybody else that wears the extra tough. That's, that's awesome. Oh, dude. I, I'll never buy another rubber boot other than that. Yeah. Well, like, if they're holding up the I concrete, then they, it, they're awesome. Yeah. That, that's doing something right. So and for you, yep. for the, those of you guys all know, you're, uh, talk about what you, what you do for a living then. Uh, I'm a, I pour concrete. I work in the union. I'm a foreman for a union company. I run a flat work crew, but I mean, I pretty much do it all. So, I mean, I've been doing concrete. My dad started taking me. I was about five years old. He used to own a concrete business. Now he's old and retired, but, right. uh, and then shoot, by the time I was 10, 11, I could power trial basements garages and stuff by myself finish them i was doing block walls and laying up block basements and stuff at 10 11 years old i didn't have summer vacations no <laughs> i had to work now, now how does that work out for you in the fall does that stuff slow down that you're able to get out in the woods a little more often then uh we slow we slow down a little bit you know uh i usually stay pretty busy i mean like last winter I actually was doing trim and we built a new hotel for a casino fire keepers in Battle Creek, Michigan. And I was the, one of the guys doing trim in there doing base and crown and all kinds of stuff. I mean, so I don't always do concrete, but that's my main thing is concrete. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a cool combo concrete guy. Then doing finished trim work. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, when I started doing it, they were like, are you sure you can do a trim? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen I some concrete forms. Concrete <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do it. And by the time the job got done, they were like, dude, I wish we could classify you as an ex-concrete guy. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. But, Good deal, man. That's awesome. So let, let's talk a little bit more about how your season's been full, rolling out. You said the beginning's been pretty slow. You know, here we are getting into the end of October, which is personally Halloween's coming up right here. My favorite time of the year to start hunting. Torn is on his rutcation. He he thinks this is the week to be out. Um, what's your what's your thoughts? What are you seeing? <laughs> rutcation, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He told me, Oh, I'm gonna be on vacation. I talk with Torn every once in a while. I mean him, you know, ever since I started with service, I, you know, became a field staff. I mean, I've, anything I ever have an issue with, I've always talked with Torn, you know, and 
ever bought anything he'd be like oh dude i don't have it in this color i got it in this color i said oh i'd actually want that color more you know like but anyways our up here uh when it first started the season it was really warm i mean we were 70 something degrees super hot out i didn't see a whole lot of movement i mean all my trail cams everything was early early morning or late at night and then in the last week uh i started noticing you know a lot more scrapes and they're starting to move now and uh actually i seen a, a buck chasing a doe already and uh, i'd say the ruts coming up within the next week or two probably i'd say two weeks here hardcore uh pre-ruts just about starting right now and uh like you said your favorite time halloween i always like the time change yeah right day of the time change i'd say for the past six years i see the most deer on the day of the time change than any day and one year i oh my god i've seen Eight, eight different bucks and i'd say six of them were shooters wow but I, I couldn't get them to come in close enough for my bow range and uh so i'm looking forward to the time change you know first week of november is like probably one of the best in michigan yeah man that's great that's great so you mentioned the the, the scrapes starting to pop up and things. Do your does your tactics or where you hunt start to change there, like as as we get into that part of the season? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I I got certain stands for like around the prime time area. I don't go to until it's about that prime time area. Yeah, I might go one time, like right around now, to go check it. Mm-hmm. and see you know like make sure everything's good make sure my shoot i always clean my shooting lanes up prior but just go make sure you know everything's good to go for you know that first week of november that i really is my pretty much my favorite time to hunt yeah man i i love it i love i love this time of the year it's just yeah, it's, i'm getting excited sitting here thinking about it um i know yeah me too i'll probably take a couple of days off work here because I, I do get a paid vacation, so I usually like to take mine right, right about first. And all, you know, I think I'm going to take it the 5th. I'm going to take a day off Friday the 5th and then the follow, uh, the Monday the 8th. Yeah. So I'll have the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th to try to seal the deal before gun season. Yeah. Uh, what was it? A couple years ago, we had snow on the ground before gun before opening day it was two days before opening day gun season here november 13th and it was just right before dark probably about a half hour and i was out and i had a chiropractor appointment and i was like you know what i'm not gonna go to the chiropractor i was like i need to go hunting there's snow on the ground i need to go hunting so i canceled that and it paid off I shot a 135-inch seven-point. Wow. That's a bruiser. Yeah, he had uh, 13. 
one of his G2s were 13 inches, and the other one was 11 and three quarters. Wow. Uh, he had it 18 inch inside spread. I mean, it, it was a dandy for That's sure. A hammer was seven point. Yeah. I was sitting in my tree stand, and I was like, man, I'm starting to get a little cold. And I like kind of leaned back against the tree, and I heard something behind me, and I. I turn and look, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I, gra- I grab my bow, and I put some uh, some bucking dope piss down on a scrape. Uh-huh. Probably about, I don't know, 20 yards away from my stand, right on the edge of the woods. And I was just inside the woods. And... uh he went nose down right to it. He got right to that, and I was like, I let it rip. And it was such an angle, though, for me being up, down to him. I had great blood trail, got to the deer. I was like, oh, yeah, he went 200 yards, though. And, I mean, he's – he probably – I think he dressed out. It was like about 190, 195, I think. Dressed so, out. Um, That's a good deer, man. Oh yeah, he was he was every bit of 250, 260, you know, with his wow. guts and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he was he was a stud for sure. Good mature deer. So you guys have you have corn and, and, and soybeans. What other what other kind of things are they munching on up up there, that part of Michigan? Oh a lot of people they like clover. Uh, a lot of people put in food, food plots, you know, they like turnips and sunflower and I mean, all kinds of stuff. I haven't put in a food plot yet, but I'm going to, I'll probably end up putting one in next year. So on my property, it's an old overgrown gravel pit. Okay. And it's like all woods. I'd probably say that area is pretty close to about 20 yards. 20 acres and then there's a, I got an L-shaped cornfield that's probably about 20 acres and down in the, the gravel pit there's a you know nice grassy area and next year I'm thinking about putting a food plot in there yeah man but I never really did the food plot you know I just kind of let them be in nature and when they come through they come through yeah that's, I mean, I, I haven't messed with food plots too much. Um, the, the hunting club I'm in, in Missouri, we do a little bit. And I was actually out there uh, two months ago, I think, and we were just, just broad, broadcasting some fertilizer and seed and stuff. And so I'm anxious to see how those come in. But, yeah, I, I like to just hunt natural funnels and pinch points. And it, to me, it's rare you get those, those buck that are just hanging out there munching on stuff unless, unless you have a large area to hunt. And you're the only one hunting that, you know, and you got that control. Right. Are I mean, your, uh, your neighbor, so you like 40 acres you guys are working with around you guys are the neighbors that have food plots and things too, helping out with the. Uh, I got, uh, one buddy. He, uh, I live on one side of the highway and he lives on the other, but we've had on cameras, we both had same deer, you know, and he's got food plots and, you know, he, I mean, but he, they got a lot more land over there. I think they're more about 80 to a hundred acres over there. Okay. And, uh, I mean, they re- they're really into like the deer habitat and stuff, you know, putting that 
tall grass in and yeah i mean wood plots and everything so they're they're close enough that you you potentially see the same deer on on each other's properties yep, yep. So, uh, last year i sent him a picture of a it was a 10 point and he was like i'm not he was like that looks like 10 point but this uh jewel got and i'm like oh no kidding so yeah that's that's yep. what that's what I was gonna ask you. Is he the kind of buddy to share what they have over there, or does he keep it to himself? I mean, he'll let me know, you know, when stuff's coming through, or you know, if they're what the big ones are. Yeah. I mean, he shot a monster last year and uh, couldn't find it. Ugh. I also did too. I shot. I shot. I'd say probably right around 130s eight point i mean he was real nice buck and i tracked one of the best blood trails i've ever seen in my life and i'm like why is this deer not down you know i mean but you know it's bow hunting dude uh, an inch one way or the other can make or break you no that's it, it is a game of inches man and those are tough because even if you're the best 3D or target shooter, there's a whole lot of other elements, you know, the, the angles, the deer moving limbs, the adrenaline. Yep. And, I, yeah. And that's what it was. I think I clipped a limb, you know, and it's like, yeah, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. I'm, I'm one of the biggest, biggest bucks. I had the opportunity to kill in, in Iowa when I was in grad school. Um, I shot and I saw the arrow go high. It went up through its loin and I didn't know what happened. And then as like my tunnel vision cleared, I saw this limb just, just fluttering in between me and the deer. And I was like, Oh my God. And it was, it was a trail. It started out real good, but it was bright red and there was no bubbles and it eventually just stopped. And I don't think I even clipped along, you know, I just, I just ran it, ran it through a loin and you know, that, yeah. what do you do? So yep. that's, that's, that's part that's of, that's like, part of hunting. That one I shot when I was talking to one of my buddies about it and I showed him pictures. Like I had big, uh, puddles of blood where it like stopped and then he'd walk. So I shot him down in my gravel pit and when he, I got out of the gravel pit, it was a bean field. You just seen a trail red through the beans. Okay. He went that way. Yeah. Followed it through some other hedgerows to the neighboring field, which was beans and trailer red. Okay. And then uh, there was one more bean field and it's by a power lines. And I lost, lost blood there. And uh, my one buddy's like, sounds like a liver shot, dude. That's a six hour wait. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't think I was that far back, you know, but uh, you know, you never know. Clip that limb. Yeah, could have easily been a liver shot. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough, man, and, and it's just it's part of the sport. You know, it's a blood sport, and it's just gonna happen. You know, and if if it hasn't happened to you yet, you hunt long enough, it's gonna happen. It's just the reality. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, it happens every day to people. Yeah. yeah. It, it's one of the worst feelings not being able to recover a deer and you're like, is it wounded? Or is it eventually going to die? Like, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. But like, like you're, like you were saying, I mean, the best thing you can do as a, as an archery hunter, you know, 
if you have any doubts, just, just back out, give it time. Yep. You know, worst case scenario, you're going to find that deer in a coyote or something was picking at it, but I'd rather have that than you, you bump it. And then they get that adrenaline surge and they run and you can't find blood and, and then you lose, the, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just part of the, it's just part of how things go. So, yep. yeah, man. So, um, tell me a little bit, you've been a part of service set for how, how long now? Uh, going on pretty close to two years. Okay. And tell me about your experience and like what, what you got to learn or, you know, um, connect with other guys and things like that. I'm curious to hear about your experience. I mean, I mean, everything's other dreams of, you know, like everybody's got advice. Nobody's rude to each other. I mean, everybody's real cool. Uh, hunt swaps. I actually have one for turkey hunt. Uh, I have someone come out, you know, if they want a turkey hunt. And then I, I've never hunted out of state except for when I was a kid. I went to a ranch down in Ohio and shot a four horn ram. Tell me, hold on. Tell me about this turkey hunt. And your your mic's getting a little bit covered up or something. It's hard, a little hard to hear. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, tell me about the turkey hunt here. I want to hear about that, this hunt swap. Uh, so I've had it on there for a little bit now. Um, I was looking at uh, offering someone to come uh, to Michigan, do a turkey hunt, you know, spring turkey. We do have fall turkey, too, which is September 15th through November 15th is the fall and then spring there's like a couple different ones that I usually it's like right around the month of May and I was wanting to swap with somebody for a whitetail hunt in a different state okay so did you get did you get one lined up then I, I haven't yet nope okay I've had a couple people like message me on it or whatever and just uh Still, you know, kind of unsure. You know, I'm not sure exactly what state I want to go to. Yeah. So, I mean, the best, and here's the thing too, we're doing this podcast and, you know, we'll get several hundred downloads when we drop this. And a lot of the guys are already part of the, you know, hunt club field staff. And one of the best things to do though is, is interact like this. Cause then guys get to hear a little bit about you. feel like they might know you a little bit better and allow that to happen and and that's where we're, we're working really hard too right now in making more ways that guys can connect to make these things happen because it's 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 a matter of you need you need both guys to to be on board with it but um yeah the hunt swap that's one of my favorite aspects of service side and you know being the guy that started i've i've, I've had a lot of opportunities that yeah i can't i can't do everything that i've been offered but I, I can right. tell you from experience, the guys that the guys that are out there and they're active and talking and, and meeting guys, um, those are the ones that get to get to reap some of those benefits. So that, that's cool. And I, I'm sure when we drop this, some of that that's interesting coming shoot at Eastern Turkey in Michigan, um, they should be able to get a hold of you about that. So that that that'll be good. So have, yeah. have you felt, do you feel like in the last, in the last two years with service side that 
you've earned, you've learned any like new techniques or anything that's helped you uh, be a better, more successful hunter? Anything that sticks out? I mean, uh, probably like I've watched a couple webinars before, you know, I've watched one about food plots and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, I'm, I haven't put one in yet, but, and then it's just the whole atmosphere of service side, you know, and it's like its own community of people that everybody's like-minded, you know, everybody loves hunting and loves the sport. And I mean, it's, I like the clothes too. I mean, and the hats, I mean, Yeah, I like it all. And like you said, bottom lens camel, you know, that's, that's one of my buddy's favorite camels. He almost was, uh, who created it? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, my buddy knows it cause he wanted to name his kid after the guy. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got, uh, Toxie Hayes and, and, uh, that's it right there. That one. Yeah. That, that's it. Yep. Yeah, 1986. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's gotten, you know, some of the retro stuff's come back a little bit. But I feel like with hunting, sometimes it's like, just go back to the basics. Like, the reality is, camo only does so much. You know, you, you got you to gotta play the wind. You got to come up with a game plan. You don't want to overhunt spots. Like you said, you want to you wanna wait till the timing is right to go into your better spots. And you learn all that stuff through trial and error and, and, and failure. And then of course you gotta be, you gotta be good with your equipment and practice. And there's a lot that goes into it. Every year I have guys that are like, Hey, um, you know, what do you think about like taking me hunting and they're new guys. And it's like, Hey, I want to, I want to help you get started. But like, there's a lot you gotta do before you can do that. And you can't even just go get a license. You gotta get your safety course and you gotta do things. And it's a lot of stuff that guys like us have been hunting for over 20 years. We take for granted because it's just what we do. It's just, it's right. in us, you know? And with, uh -huh. with Serviceide and our hunt club and, and that, that, that's my bigger mission is like, we can connect you guys and empower you guys and give you guys some resources to be more successful. Like you said, it's, it is a community and that's what we want to help you out with. So, but you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I'm loving this deer camp tour and, and getting to listen to the ones Torrens done. And now I'm finally getting to talk to a couple of you guys the next couple of weeks here. But bringing guys in around the country and the similarities, you know, of what what makes you tick and, 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 and you know, what excites you, even though you're brought up somewhere else with with hunting, we all have that that same common denominator. So um, so you uh, primarily archery, archery is your main thing. What's that? Yep. I love I love bow hunting. I love archery. I mean, I'll go gun hunting, but it, it doesn't feel like a challenge. Like, you got more of a challenge with archery. For sure. You know, and the thrill of it's just way more, you know. So, but, you know, every once in a while I'll go out with a gun, but most of the time I still go out with my bow during gun season. Okay. That's you awesome. I'm not, I'm not a guy to do that. I don't like, if, I, if it's gun season... <laughs> I take my I take my gun, but like Torn, he'll he'll take his bow. He's stubborn like that. Um, but at the same time, like I didn't start that's out as a archer. That's why I like the guy. That's that's why I like the guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just being honest. But like you know, I started out the first my first four or five years hunting 
as a rifle hunter. And then I picked up archery, you know, I was about 16 years old. And like I said, I mean, I, it, that's my favorite thing to do, but I, I like all forms of hunting as long as it's legal and ethical. <clears throat> it's, it's what I enjoy, you know, even if it's just me and, and yeah. my buddies pushing deer and stuff. I shot, I shot a doe with a inline muzzleloader this past weekend and we're, you know, setting up for bear driving a doe stepped out and I had a tag and I got it. I got a kick out of, you know, harvesting that with the muzzleloader to smoke, you know, flies up and, and she dropped and it, I, I just, I love it, right. you know? Um, so you, yeah, do you, loader, I, I, I like muzzle loaders, you know, they're, that's usually what I use. I got, I use a CVA Optima. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I do, I mean, we, uh, where I'm at, so it used to be, you could only use a rifle above 57. That's one of the roads in Michigan, which is, you know, about halfway up. Okay. And, uh, you can only use shotguns below that. Well, now, you know, with the Bushmaster 450s, the yep. 350 Legends. Yep. Below, below that, you can use a rifle 45 caliber or less, you know. It's the straight, the straight now, cartridge straight, rifles. Straight cartridge. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, to me, that's like, oh, look, there's a deer 300 yards. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's fun, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but the thrill is a little different. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I like the muzzle loader, muzzle loader too. I mean, I mean, I could shoot a deer two hundred yards with my loader all day, you know. Oh, these new muzzle loaders are pretty shoot pretty spotter. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember the old Flint ones, dude, back in the day, like scary, you know. Yeah. But yeah, these new ones, they're they're they've came a long way with them, and. uh like you said, that when you shoot a muzzleloader and you get that that smoke, dude, that it, nothing's better than that when it comes to using a gun. I think it's just one of the coolest things. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. So now, and you told me, uh, Jason, your gun season is November the fifteenth, though, right? Yep. Uh, so bows October first through the fourteenth. But you can actually use your bow all the way from October 1st to January 1st. Oh, wow. And then, so, gun season goes from the 15th, and I, I believe it's till the end of November. And then it goes back to archery. And then I think it's, like, December... Like a week, guns done for a week, and then it goes to muzzleloader. And I believe muzzleloaders, it's not quite two weeks long. Uh, then after muzzleloader, you can use a firearm for uh, late antlerless, and then, but you could shoot a buck with a bow from October 1st to January 1st. That's not a bad gig, and you can kill two of them. Yep. That's nice. And like I said, you know, I've tagged out three times before. Yeah. You know, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, uh, years ago when I shot a real big one, I tagged out that year before gun season even started. So. Oh wow. I just 
kept a doe tag in the wallet or, uh, you know, to go out. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Which, you know, so that gets you the, out there. The gun hunters, the get... best parts about it was just being out in nature. Yeah. The uh, the gun hunters, they get a pretty nice. What was that? I say the gun hunters get a nice advantage middle of November though. That's like the peak breeding at that point in time. Then I'd say our peak breeding was just before that, about okay. a week before that. And uh, but I mean, like you know, not all the does come in the heat at once. So I mean, it still goes, you know, a little bit past that. Every you know, you'll still get some rut activity after the opening gun but it's more like there's way more gun hunters than there are bow hunters right so it's the pressure it's the pressure Mm -hmm. when the gun hunters come out you know there's a lot more pressure on them and that gets them up and moving because usually i'd say they're almost up to the lockdown phase when the gun starts you know around me for the past I'd say five, six years or so of me hunting that I've noticed, you know, that they're more locked down and after opening day of gun season. Because I'd say our peak I'd say our peak breeding is right around in between the first and second week of November. Right. Which is, you know, like I said, the time change is my favorite day to hunt. Yeah, I love the time change. Yeah, that's that's it's coming up, man. It's coming up real quick, and I feel like every year I get older, season comes faster, faster, and it's shorter and shorter. Oh, always, every year it does, man. It's unreal how fast it goes after you get out of high school. You know, and everybody's like, you always, everybody's like, oh, you were gonna, you, you know. Oh, I hate school. I want out. And you're like, dude, you're going to regret it. And then I, you know, kids are always like, oh, I hate school. I said, nah, I'm always telling them, you're going to regret that. And, you know, it, it'll take a minute, but they'll, they'll figure it out. Sometimes it ain't fun being an adult, you know. <laughs> you got a lot more responsibilities <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh. It all falls on you. You know, mom and daddy can't come save you. Yep. That's it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, dude. So, do you have anything else you want to just kind of wrapping things up? Just uh, coming in from Michigan here, checking in that that you'd like to talk about? I mean, I think we pretty much got most everything covered, you know? And, uh, I just want to tell any hunter that listens to this, you know, good luck on the season. You know, just be patient. I mean, let the little ones go and let them grow. Because there ain't nothing better than, you know, shooting a monster. It's one of the best feelings ever. Sure is. Nothing like getting your hand on some big, heavy bases and and smiling. Oh, man. Cool, man. Well, yep. Jason, I, I appreciate you getting on here. Uh, I know when we first got on the call, you said you're still at work. It's nine o'clock at night and you got some work to finish up. So it's going to be a late night for you. So I appreciate yep. your time. And uh, if guys oh, want to, yeah, 
Yeah, if guys want to connect with you, your Instagram is Grizzly Outdoors Michigan, correct? Yep, and it's just MI Michigan. It's not little Michigan, just the the abbreviation. Grizzly Outdoors MI. So, and you guys can connect. And guys, you know, uh, if you're looking for a turkey hunt and you got some whitetail stuff, it sounds like Jason's looking to do a swap. So reach out to him, send a DM. Um, if you guys are on the uh, Servicide app, you can just reach him. Uh, just Jason Gun Gun Gawan Gawanlock. Gawanlock. Yes, sorry, it's just Gowanlock. it's so easy. Gawanlock. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, so don't ever think that. But uh, yeah, man. So hey, man. I, I I just hope that you have a great rest of your season. The the best is yet to come. And that'd be pretty sweet if you can if you can notch two tags before the the rifle season comes in. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything Serviceide does, and good luck to you. And hopefully, uh, Torn on his rotation can seal the deal. Yeah, you can check him out. Wild Rambler is his Instagram. He's been posting some updates with what he's seeing. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he, he smacks a big one, big one too. Cause he's got a lot of knowledge. He's just got to connect the dots and, and, and fill the tag. So cool. All right, Jason, great having you on and I appreciate you as a, as a field staff member right, service side. And we look forward to connecting here in the future. Absolutely, bud. All right, man. Have a good night. Appreciate talking to you. Yep. You too. Thank you.